Welcome to Sew Over 50 Daily Podcast on Sew Organised Style. It's Thursday. Today, let's give a warm welcome to the official Sew Over 50 blog writer, Susan Young from Susan Young Sewing. So welcome, Susan. Susan, thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful to see you. Well, it's really lovely to be here, Maria. Yes, it's it's great to be able to talk, isn't it, by modern technology, especially in these really strange times but no it's lovely to talk to a fellow sewer who's on the other side of the world thank you for having me our pleasure my pleasure so sew over 50 what would you like to chat about today sew over 50 i was there right at the beginning really without even realizing that i was there at the beginning because your listeners may be aware that i write the blog post for so over 50 and that's come about because I was writing a blog anyway yes. about things that interested me about mostly about patterns that I've been sewing or exhibitions that I go to in London that sort of thing and I had started to notice that some pattern companies appeared to be disregarding some of the things that I was sewing if my face appeared to be in it which sounds a bit odd and a bit self-obsessed I know but those people who are involved in Instagram will know that it's absolutely normal for us when we make something a garment we will very often we'll tag we'll tag the pattern company we'll tag the fabric company and anything else that might be of interest to the, those people that are, are looking at your account so that's normal and then that alerts just as it does now with so over 50 it alerts the pattern company the fabric company whoever that somebody's made their product and they've put it out there for the world to see so it's essentially a form of free advertising for them and I'd made a couple of things by a pattern company that I won't name. And when I'd put shared photos without my face in, so my, it was just the garment on my dress stand, that could look like. And then when I shared a photo of me wearing it some while later, there was no interest in it. And I didn't particularly register that, but just obviously I must have registered it enough that it was there in the back of my mind. And then I thought, well, I'll try it another tack so I made a a different version of the same dress and shared that the fabric company that I'd used reposted it and there were some lovely comments and things but I noticed that the pattern company still hadn't acknowledged it so that prompted me to think well is there something else at play here is there something where if the person sharing an image doesn't fit the company image that they want to project in some way, are they shutting out that part of their market? So that was how the first blog post kind of came about because it what didn't appear to be an issue with big four patterns because they don't engage with their audience very much, although that's changing. Sandy, I was listening to her talking with you, yeah. and that is changing. But the indie market, they have the opportunity to use people like us, home sewers, to do their advertising for them. And a lot of them are very keen that we do. And we as an, a slightly older community, I loathe to say over 50 because, you know, it could be any age, but we have the money to spend. We have the money we want to spend on products, good quality products, patterns, fabric, 
haberdashery, whatever it might be, sewing equipment, we have that money to spend. And it just struck me that it was a, a missed opportunity to start shutting out part of the, the sewing community based on purely, it feels like, on our age mm. and a perception of what that age could be like so I wrote the blog stuck it out there didn't expect very much response because I, I didn't at that time have a huge number of followers but it really provoked a lot of interest and I, I got lots of really interesting replies as a result and I think Judith saw that Judith Staley who started the Sew Over 50 account she saw that and at the same time socialists yes Gillian also commented as well that's right, she did. She wrote a long reply. And as a result, Judith put her head above the parapet and started the Sew Over 50 Instagram account, which, as we know, if, if you're following it now, has very close to 20,000 followers. Went to a huge number of followers really quickly, and that number is still growing constantly. It's so, growing at about 1,000 followers per month. Yeah, right. it's, yeah, it's just extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. So because of that first blog where I talked about the difference between the big four and indie patterns and just touched on the subject of being ignored, that prompted me to write the next blog post about two and a half, three weeks later, which was just after Judith had started the account. So So Over 50 was a thing then. And again, that provoked a massive number of responses from other people, women. I don't think there was any responses from men, but from women saying, well, I'd noticed something, but I thought it was just me, mm. my imagination. So clearly it was, it is a thing. So there was a need for it. And the whole community has just grown exponentially by then. I mean, part of what I was thinking about was that when it comes to ready-to-wear clothes, it's quite rigid. It's always been quite rigid about the sizing, the styling, the customers that each brand is aiming for. And I felt that it was important that home sewing, home dressmaking, shouldn't end up being in those categories that ready-to-wear clothing is. Maybe not as bad as it used to be, but it used to be that some ages shopped in one shop and then other ages shopped in another shop and the styling didn't really cross over. It's perhaps not as bad as it used to be now. But I felt it was really important that home dressmaking didn't fall into that. We have the opportunity, We part of why we do it is because we love to make our own clothes. We want them to fit, we want them to be stylish, we want them to be current as well as enjoying the process of making them. Even to show people who it is that you are. So exactly. it doesn't have to be fashionable in quotes. It can be what you're comfortable wearing. Exactly. So that was why I felt so strongly that I didn't want home dressmaking to be pigeonholed in the same way that ready-to-wear clothing can be. So that, that was really important and I'm, that we should try and stop that right at the beginning because home dressmaking has become such a huge thing now, thankfully. It's great. Having gone through a real doldrums period for quite a few years where it was really difficult to get nice fabrics and the patterns are all dull and everything, I think it's great that it's become this thing that it has now. There had been a time 
where you couldn't get the fabric that you wanted to be able to make something that you'd seen that was in fashion or that you wanted to wear, but you couldn't A, afford it, or mm. it wasn't in a style that suited you. So if you went to the pattern books, you would never be able to find that style. And no, that's wrong. at the time, there wasn't the proliferation of really helpful blog posts, YouTube videos that would show you how to adjust those basic patterns to get the look that you wanted. Whereas now we've got that. We're in a really good time now. Absolutely. There's a huge resource out there. There's a lot of younger people who were never taught how to sew at school because the curriculum changed. I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but it certainly is here in the UK. So there's a whole bunch of people that don't have that background of sewing. And then there's the people of, of our age group who might have sewn, but then stopped. They were raising family, they had a career, and now they're returning to it and rediscovering the joy of it. Plus, that engaged with technology, they can find us on Instagram. And, and how great is that? Because there's a whole community of people out there wanting to chat, wanting to support one another, and just enjoy the whole process. And as your account shows, it's not hundreds of people, it's thousands of people. That's right. And they're all over the world. That's what I absolutely love about being involved in this account. I don't do the account on a day-to-day -day basis. That is Judith and Sandy. You know, yes. they do the trade work and absolute hands up to them. They're fantastic. And now they're bringing in a new support team, a few people supporting them as well. So I'm not going to claim any kind of day-to-day uh, -day involvement like that other than just giving them a big round of applause oh, yes. <laughs> every now and again. Yeah, the work that goes into it and being able to chat with people like you on the other side of the world in, in either direction. Yeah? So there's lots of ladies in the States, there's people in Europe, there's the Far East, there's Australia, and just having real conversations with people. And it's not just English speaking as well. Because you can do the translate now on Instagram, you can see what everyone's talking about and we're really well networked. I don't think that the companies actually understand that, but I think with Sova 50, it's becoming more obvious now. Definitely. Because I live quite near London and a number of the pattern companies, are, the indie pattern companies, are sort of London-based, I do get to chat with some of them. Yeah, I, I kind of get, get around. I put myself out <laughs> Well, I, I kind of see that if I can do that as my contribution to the So Over 50 account is to keep us really physically in the eyeline of the designers and of these patterns and the publishers and things, then that's what I can do. That's my contribution. I can write the blog posts. Yes. Either when Sandy and Judith say to me, can you come up with something? Or sometimes I'll come up with a topic of my own volition mm. uh, and I'll just bring it all together for them. But if I can be there and like under the noses of various pattern designers, then I see that as, as my small contribution to keeping us in the public eye line, really. And the work that you're doing is raising the Sew Over 50 group into their minds in a positive way. And so they see that as a benefit to understanding the audience of their buyers for their patterns. Yeah. So, you know, it's a benefit to them. And yeah. it was really lovely to see how 
when Amy was the editor for is it Love Sewing Magazine? Love Sewing Magazine. She featured you and she featured the whole Sew of the 50 aspect into the magazine. So, yes, I mean, Amy's a lovely person and it was really good that we were able to get that article in there. Yes, that was a fantastic article to have. My job now is to try and encourage the other magazines to feature similar things. It was a really big day when Love Sewing had an older model on the cover. Yeah. They'd found one, I mean, to uh, be able to use. So normally the older models, if they find them at all, they feature just on the inside. But to have her on the cover yes. was fantastic. That You know, there was much uh, jubilation that day. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hope that they continue with that. I do appreciate that probably there's not so many older models out there because being a professional model there is a knack to it you know when we did it that day we all felt really self-conscious and a bit awkward modeling like any job there's a knack to it just yeah. you're not standing in front of the camera you're there to present the thing that you're you're there to to model so um there can't be that many of them but <laughs> Let's hope it continues. But I can imagine that that day you had people there who were doing hair, who were doing makeup, and you must have really felt quite pampered. It was lovely. It was really lovely. I did feel a bit sorry for them, actually, because once the whole group of us were together, it must have been like herding cats. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were all so happy to see one another because we all come from different places in the UK. And we'd all come together for that shoot. And a lot of us had never met one another in real life. I'd met a couple of of the group, but several had not met any of us. So it was kind of speed dating for dressmakers, a bit like a, <laughs> any kind of... I always think that going to meetups is like speed dating for dressmakers. But it's great because you always have one thing in common to start with, don't you? You do. And then from there, you start to chat, and, and that's how friendships are made. Yep. I do have some lovely friendships now I didn't have three, four, five years ago as a result of meeting people at meetups. That's which right. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, I think that's the special part of being part of the sewing community is that because you've already connected on social media, you can connect in real life. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, love it. Susan is a great advocate for the Sew Over 50 team. You'll hear more from Susan Young next Sew Over 50 Thursday too. Until next time, stay safe listeners. <laughs>